this. Why, however you want to worship. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. So glad you're with us this morning, uh, online, in person, uh, everybody here. If you will, turn and look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm glad you're here. So I, uh, now this is first Sunday. Everybody say first Sunday. So if you are with us online, uh, it may not mean as much, but if you are here in person, first Sunday means we encourage people to uh, come with us. Uh, this is something that we're going to change as a mindset and we're going to change as a church. Uh, but first Sunday is always a time to bring an unchurched family with you. Uh, that, that's, that's the day I want to encourage you. Um, I'll throw this out. Years ago when we pastored in the 90s, I had a standing rule that if any visitor came to the church, that any staff member could, at my expense, take them anywhere out to eat. Anytime they wanted to, every time they wanted to, that first visit, and I'd pay for it. In three years, how many meals did I buy? None. Buddy, I'd have been bringing people and going to Olive Garden every Sunday. Can I have an amen? I would have, I would have maxed out my pastor's grace on the free meal. So what we're doing, we're doing the same thing, except we're kind of flopping it. So every Sunday, first Sunday of the month is first Sunday. Everybody say first Sunday. So we'll have a little, hopefully an abbreviated service a little bit. And then um, the reason I say that, because we want to encourage them, bless them. And then we're going to have lunch right after service. And they're welcome to stay. You're welcome to stay. And it's going to be good. I think next month is barbecue. Is that right? Barbecue. Uh, Home-cooked barbecue. And so uh, it's going to be good. So anyway, so I want to thank everybody for being here. Look at somebody and say, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to worship. And it's going to be a good day. Father, in Jesus' name, we bow our heads. We thank you for your goodness, your graciousness, your power, and your mercy. And we thank you, Father, right now that we can come and worship you in uh, the spirit of holiness, the, in the beauty of holiness right now. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. Thank you for the graciousness of Jesus in our life. And thank you, Father, that right now, in Jesus' name, that your spirit is here to set us free, to give us liberty, and to let us see. In Jesus' name, Father, we come that this is your day and we will rejoice and be glad in it. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. amen. Say this with me. You're worthy. In Jesus' name. I'm gonna sing. Till the heart starts changing Oh, I'm gonna worship Till I mean every word Cause the way I feel And the fear I'm facing Doesn't change who you are Or what you deserve Let's sing that again I'm gonna sing Till my heart starts changing Oh, I'm gonna worship Till I mean every word Cause the way I feel And the fear I'm facing Doesn't change who you are Or what you deserve I give you my worship You still deserve it You're worthy, you're worthy You're worthy of my song I'll pour out your praises In blessing and breaking You're worthy, 
stop singing your praise I'll never stop singing your praise in the blessing and the pain you were worthy whether you say yes or no or wait you are worthy and through it all I choose to say you are You are the, you are the 
You come back and you call it my victory. Oh, 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 we praise you, God. You've even gone to win my war. Your love becomes my greatest defense. It leads me from the dry wilderness. And all I did was praise while you fought for me. All I did was worship while you won it all. And all I did was bow down. All I did was stay still. Let's sing that again. And all I did was praise while you fought my enemy. Was worship while you want it all, and all I did was bow down. All I did was stay still. All I did. can seek to find your truth. Your mercy is the shade I'm living in. You restore my faith and hope again. And all I did was pray. Oh, and all I did was worship. Yes, we will. All I did was bow down. All I did was stay still. me so much better 
You may be seated. I, um, I, I want to do this, and I don't want to give injustice to either thing, but I want us to watch our time. If you need an offering envelope, um, this is part of worship, and I wanted to read a verse from Philippians just quick. Um, this is Philippians 4:18. says, uh, Indeed, I have, uh, have all and abound. I am full, having received from Ephroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul earlier makes a comment that he knows how to abase, he knows how to abound, he knows how to be content in all things. But he ends with that. He realizes that these people, Philippians, have blessed his ministry, um, even sacrificially. And he gives them the promise, God will meet your needs. And so uh, that is a promise I've, I've stood on many times. Um, I was thinking this week and going back in some memories, I don't know why, about life and traveling and ministry. And um, there was a number of churches I preached at and I received a love offering. 
that was a lot of love and no offering. Can I have an amen? And uh, me and Scott Reese used to joke about that. He said, let me give you a love offering. <laughs> We'd hug each other. I love you. And, uh, and that's good, but I couldn't feed my kids and feed my wife on that and, and me and uh, take care of you know, life. And I, I remember one time, this is, oh God, this is uh, oh, six, seven. Um, I had preached at a church and I was like, you know, I had no idea what we we're going to do. And, um, but, but you, who in here knows you don't judge your life by those circumstances. God's still faithful. And I still remember I went and checked my mail. I'd been out of town for a couple of days preaching very <laughs> great services, great ministry. But, um, you know, the, the pastor anyway, um, and I went and checked my mail. And some, bless their heart, soul, God had spoke to about a week and a half earlier to send us an offering. And it was one of the largest offerings I'd ever received like that. And I just walked out into the car and I opened the mail, you know, because I just wanted to see, you know. I always wanted to make sure I'm not being sued. Can I have an amen? And I'm, you know, so I was, I was looking at it and I'm not, the IRS it. And I mean, I just sat in the car and cried. But what got me thinking was, is for the mail to work and it get to me that day, God had already spoke to somebody a week and a half, two weeks earlier to do that. In fact, I don't know how long he had been talking to him because who in here knows, who's ever had God tell you to do something and you put it off? And so what evidently he knew that you'd put it off, so he talked to you long enough to get your attention. But my point is, is that God is faithful in the day we live in. And so uh, we're doing two things, and so you can include both. Um, Lisa always gives us our giving online on Cash App. And, um, but uh, the, we've also been re receiving an offering last couple of weeks for our children to revamp it. And again, my opinion as a church, we're just in a total rebranding, relaunching, redoing, re re rejuvenating mode, or at least I am. And if you're not, you're probably gonna get tired of me. I hope not. But I want us to become other people-minded and other people-focused and let us, you know, thank God for each other, but be much more joyful. Who in here knows that heaven loves each other? But they rejoice when one sinner gets saved. You ever thought of that? So, I mean, all while they love being around each other, they get real excited about that new person. And so we want to be that way. And we've been uh, receiving offerings to uh, redo our children's church. Um, and so uh, you can go by and see that after service. A lot of that's been changed. And... It's got two sections now, and eventually we may move something. Of, uh, always want to move it and grow it and do it. Um, if I'd have had five thousand dollars Friday, I'd have spent it. Can I have an amen? Uh, something was on sale, ah, and I just, in fact, I even loaded up in the cart just to see how much it'd be. That was only three thousand, and it was for the stage and projectors and stuff. And uh, Walmart took it off sale. Can I have an amen? Thank God. Thank God they took it off sale. You know why? Because I didn't have the 5,000 on hand at the moment. I'm believing for it, but I didn't have it. So hold your offering in your hand. Now, um, in a moment, um, during, um, we're going to receive our offering. And then during this next worship song, uh, the ushers are going to come by and give you elements of communion. And immediately after the like, second song, we're gonna receive communion. So I just wanna make sure you know. So hold your offering in your hand. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the ability to give and to sow into the kingdom. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, that you meet every need. You give us the promise you meet our needs. Father, if we're doing something out of sorts or out of step, let us know. Give us revelation. We do not wanna be outside the will of God on anything in any way, individually, family, corporately as a church, even nationally as a nation. Help us, Father, always stay on the straight and narrow, not the wide and broad. 
Father, we just submit our life to you. We love you. And we know that you have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And without you, there is nothing on this earth of any value. So Father, we commit our life to you. And we bring our offering. And we thank you, Father, that as a church, you always meet our need. But you always meet the need of every one of our church members. That you supernaturally, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to your riches and glory, in heaven by Christ Jesus, you meet our needs. By the eternal promises of God, we look to you as our source only in Jesus' name. As a church, Father, we look to you only as our source. And thank you, Father, that you meet every need, pay every bill. In Jesus' name, we thank you. And everybody says, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you give. You can bring your offering up during this song or you can give online. In Jesus' name. Now we're gonna sing this and pray this over them. All I did was praise. Let's sing this this morning. And all I did was praise. And all I did was worship. All I did was bow down All I did was stay still Let's sing it again And all I did was praise That's enough for you And all I did was worship It's all you ask of me and all I did was bow down All I did was stay still oh. And all I did was praise And all I did was worship did was bow down All I did was stay still And all I did was praise Yes, we praise your name And all I did was worship We give you all All I did was bow down All I did was stay still One more time All I did was praise In every season All I did was worship Cause you have my heart all I did was bow down All I did was stay still All I did was stay still All I did was stay still And all I did was stay still oh, All I did was stay still 
presence in your presence we come in your presence Lord oh. Good, amen. He's good all the time, amen. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, Glory amen. To God. I, uh, our ushers have passed out the um, communion elements. If you want to go ahead and open up the one for the bread, I uh, as we get ready to receive communion, I um, I want to read a couple verses and I want to point something out. And we were talking about this uh, this morning in small group. Uh, who in here knows we live, and you can be seated if you want to. Who in here knows we live in a day when everybody, uh, I'm, I'm going to call it, preaches a very passive Jesus. Uh, Jesus is, and who in here knows Jesus is love? Who's that, who remembers the Commodore songs, Jesus is love? That's a good song. And uh, even if it was sung by the Commodores, that was a good song. But people have taken that to the extreme that Jesus doesn't ever um, speak harshness. And uh, in fact, you can find in the book of Revelations, Jesus says he hates the deeds of the Nicolaitans. That was Jesus talking. In another place, he actually despised this one woman and her teachings in the church of Thyatira. And so um, Jesus, you know, there, there, is a, there is a harshness to God sometimes. And we forget that. We forget sometimes. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I want to read a number of verses here, but it says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For who who drinks and eats in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. And that word sleep there actually means dead. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when, we, but when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home. Lest you come together in judgment and the rest I will set in order when I come. I'd love to know what the rest is. Can I have an amen? I want to know what the rest of the things Paul was dealing with. But one of the things here I want to point out is when you get ready to receive communion, examine yourself. Again, I'm not wanting to get anybody into condemnation, but you need to examine yourself. A lot of people sometimes sit and go, and I, I mean, I have too. Now, again, pay attention to this. This is something you use to examine yourself, not others. What I'm about to say. Because we love to talk about why do some people not get healed? Why well, I know mama had faith. Why well, I still say you don't know what was in mama's heart. 
So you can't say that. Again, we ain't dealing with somebody else, we're dealing with you. I'm not asking you to examine somebody else's heart, you gotta examine your heart. But who in here knows there are some reasons why people don't get healed or get delivered or get set free. And it's because they've not examined their heart. I, I tell the story often, um, and, and it, because it was a life changing, I preached for a pastor, I always had this intestinal issue. His whole church, not nobody was spirit filled. In his whole church, he had one tithing member, him. And the church ran 300. It was an old school denominational church. Half the church wasn't even born again. One woman I actually heard, he asked her, he said, are you coming tonight to the special service? She goes, no. I learned everything there was to know when I went to um, Sunday school when I was a kid. I thought, well, aren't you a spiritual giant? <laughs> Amen. And uh, so that was that church. And they, were, they prayed for me. And I really went into this time uh, with some cockiness and arrogance. I thought, well, what do they know? And man, I got healed that night. But here's what happened. She asked me, she says, why don't we pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you if there's anything that you need to let go? And I thought, whatever. I said, I didn't say that. Can I have an amen? Don't want to do that. I said, okay. So we, she prayed this real simple prayer, him and his wife. And um, Jill prayed this prayer, Pastor Jill. And I, so I did, and I said, you know, I just repeated after her. And I mean, as clear as a bell going off in my heart, I heard the Lord tell me, that I had never forgiven a family member. I was in my 30s. I forget, and, I, and I stopped. And I mean, it was clear. It wasn't like an audible voice, but it was that impression. I, I didn't have to, I didn't doubt that one. Everybody got me? She goes, did, you, did the Lord speak to you? Did the Holy Spirit reveal something? I said, he did. She said, well, then let's just pray and you, you deal with that. I prayed that prayer that night. Never, never again have I ever been bothered with that. And I thank God for that. But I had to examine myself. Now, when we get ready to receive communion, I want you to examine yourself. If you've got unforgiveness, let that go. Hardness of heart, let that go. Again, there's, who in here knows it's better to have the blessing of God and a little pruning. And I had a minister years ago when I was a young kid. He used, to, he used to preach about the pruning of God. And he always talked about how the pruning of God is painful to our life. Who in here knows when you cut dead sticks off a tree, that tree don't care. Can I have an amen? Now, there are sometimes you trim live sticks off of it. But who in here knows that if it's to the benefit of the tree, we should never care. Who in here knows a few less carbs would be a benefit to our life. But those cinnamon rolls sure were good this morning. Can I have an Amen examine yourself. Amen. So right now, Father, as we get ready to receive the body and the blood, we examine ourselves. Father, if there's excess in our life, reveal it to us. If there's condemnation in our life, reveal it to us. If there's a critical spirit in somebody, reveal it to us. If, if there, if, Father, if, if there be anything, all we want is to be closer to you. And we don't want to come to this table and wrongly divide the Lord's body. In the same manner, Father, we don't want to wrongly divide it, not receive the fullness of it. So Father, as we get ready to receive of the body, we thank you for healing in our bodies, healing in our minds, healing and deliverance in, 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 in all parts of who we are. That Father, you speak to us specifically of any area we need to examine ourselves so we will not be judged but we will walk in the full blessing of the Lord. And Father, we receive the full blessing of the Lord right now with the body. 
So we take this body, we break it, if you, if you can, and we receive it, Father, with gladness. We do this, Father, in remembrance of you, in remembrance of the stripes, of the beatings, of all the pain and anguish that you paid so that we might have life. And for the penalty you paid, Father, we receive the blessing. Say that with me. I receive the blessing of new life in my body and in my life. So, Father, in that manner, we take and we eat. In Jesus' name, take and eat. Father, in the same manner, we receive this cup. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, that this, blood, this cup represents your blood and the New Testament. Father, I'm going to let that sink in for a moment. That this cup, this blood, represents the new covenant. That this cup represents the new covenant. All the chapters and verses, the blessing of God is represented in this cup. All the promises. And so, Father, we take and we receive it in Jesus' name. And we let your word be yes and amen to our life. And we thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. amen. So, Father, we receive this cup in your name. Take and drink. And everybody say amen. amen. Now hold your hands up if you will. Father, we lift our hands and we thank you right now. Just begin to thank him if you will. Just thank him out loud a little bit. Father, we thank you. We praise you, Father. We give you glory and honor. We praise you, Father. We praise you, Father. We just say hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Thank you, Father, right now. Thank you, Father. And we were sinners and in bondage, but we have been delivered. We thank you, Father, that we were despised of men, but we are accepted by you. We thank you, Father, that the road may be uh, long and straight, but you are with us in all ways. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. You never leave us. You never forsake us. Even in the valley of the shadows of death, you are with us. Your rod and staff, they do comfort us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. Amen, 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 amen. Turn with me, you have your Bibles to, um, oh, Philippians real quick. I, uh, I'm going to preach as fast as I can for 20 minutes, okay? And then we're going to be done at about 12 o'clock because uh, we got a time of fellowship and that's important to me. Philippians chapter 3, this is verse uh, 7, 8, and 9. But what things were gained to me, Philippians 3, 7, these I have consumed are counted for loss. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Verse nine, and be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Verse 10, 
that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. And everybody say amen. I want to look at verse nine again. It says, and to be found in him. Everybody say in him. Now, I, I, I didn't know, I really didn't pay attention to the lyrics. Who in here knows the lyrics of songs, but you don't know the song? You know what I'm saying? You can kind of sing along with it. But there's a line, I actually wrote it in my notes, one of the songs in the worship, it says, when I thought I lost me. Now, we live in a day when people don't even know who they are. They definitely don't even know what sex they are. If you don't know what sex you are, you don't know who you are. And if you question that, and nowadays you're almost, uh, what's the word, canceled for anything. But our whole society is dealing with identity issues. Our whole society. And that comes because we want to have identity that is accepted. Now, who in here knows if you accept that you're probably going to be unaccepted, that's a whole lot easier to accept. And you might as well just accept the fact that as a Christian, some people are not going to accept you. Can I have an amen? And that's fine. It breaks my heart for them because that means they may not go to heaven. And they may not. Well, I I just don't know, you know, that, that, listen, if you don't know who you are, you don't know anything. You'll be anything. That is why I, I used to sit back and watch, watch movies about World War II. How could the German people do the stuff they did? I still don't understand it. I do now though, as a, growing up. I'm like, I, I just don't understand how you could get people to believe to do some of those things, that it was for the greater good. So then one day I'm watching things about propaganda. It was kind of a history thing. It was a documentary thing. And they did a whole thing about German propaganda, World War II, pre-World War II. So they had, who in here knows back then, back in the 30s, you didn't have TV or, or cell phones. So what did you have? You had newsreels and you had movies. And the German theater, the, the German cinema complex was huge. It was like a Hollywood. Uh, there's a number of famous, famous directors who came out of Germany after World War II that were still, you can mention their name, movie people know those. One of them was Lewis, you, they, they know that. So they, they were showing the propaganda films they used to show in schools. So who in here remembers the film strip? Remember that little thing? Okay, thank God, y'all are all old, amen, okay. So uh, some of y'all, and uh, but, you know, but then they got from film strips and then they went to, I remember one of them had a cassette, oh, that wasn't great. And then we had 16 millimeter movies. Then they went to finally, as I got in high school, you know, I don't even think we had VHS tapes, maybe we did. And uh, yeah, we had VHS when I was in high school. And so you could, you know, record something. But they'd send kids to school and they'd show them these propaganda films. So on this thing I'm watching, they were showing the propaganda films that they showed in school weekly. And it taught young women that you need to make sure your children are white, blonde-headed, and blue-eyed, and you needed to have relationships with any German in that chain to make sure that happened. Even to the point that the state can tell you to be with this one and not that one. And if you love Germany, you'll do it. <clears throat> that was crazy to me. Then they showed the one that just captivated me the most as far as like, why would German people do this? One of them was talking about how we serve our leader, which is what Fuhrer means. <clears throat> and how we serve the Fuhrer. 
and how we love the Fuhrer. And if you're a good German, this is what they're telling eight-year-olds, seven-year-olds, six-year-olds, nine-year-old, 10-year-old, weekly. If you serve, now who in here remembers Boy Scouts? Boy Scouts was huge in the 30s and 40s, huge. Because everybody's broke, we just went through the depression, teaching people how to live off the land, huge. Guess what was big in Germany? Hitler Youth Society. They had a boys group, they had a girls group. Taught them weekly, we always serve the Fuhrer. We always give, if the Fuhrer wants it, if you really love Germany, you'll do it. They warped their identity. So by the time World War started in 38, 39, you had people who had at least for almost 10 years of their childhood and early childhood been doctrinated in, if this man with the funny mustache says it, we do it, and everything goes to the motherland and let's give our lives to Germany. An entire generation was taught that this is the way to live, this is how we do it. Thank God for Christians in Germany. It's the only group that ever really pushed back. I still remember one testimony by uh, Lester Summerall. He was preaching in Germany right before uh, the borders were closed and the hostilities started between uh, France and England and Germany. And right as he's about to leave, uh, they had given him this huge offering in German marks to, to preach the gospel at the church. And the pastor looked at him and he said, oh, Brother Summerall, he said, if you want to, if you'll give me that, I'll give you like $100. And this was like thousands. He says, because they probably won't give you that money um, in exchange when you get outside of Germany. And then the pastor said, and this is so sad, this pastor, he said, but Herr Hitler really doesn't want us to let the money leave the country because that'll weaken our economy. And he's such a good leader. That man had been deceived. And uh, uh, Lester Summerall said he had already begged that pastor, don't listen to him. He said he's wicked, don't listen to him. But he had had 10, 12 years of society telling him how to think. That's, that's where we have to watch it as a culture and a people. If not, we, we fall into it. You can read in Revelation, we looked at it this morning, small group, that Thyatira had a woman there by the name of Jezebel who taught that sexual immorality was acceptable and actually taught that you should do that. And it says, and you can read it in no uncertain terms, God says that there was judgment for that, that she would be judged for that, and that those people who practice that would be judged for that. But all they heard was, it's okay. So see, what happens is you lose who you are. Now my question is to everybody, do you really know who you are? Because this verse here says, and being found in him. Do you know who you are? If you don't know who you are, you do dumb stuff. I'm gonna tell you dumb stuff. I'm gonna call this one out. I had never done this much, but, I'm, but, but I got 11 minutes, so I might as well go for it. Can I have any minute? Okay. <laughs> who in here knows about a week or so ago? There is a, a guy by the name of Tim Scott, South Carolina senator, had a Christian prayer breakfast. And he's a candidate for president. Who in here knows a prayer breakfast is a good thing, amen. amen. Well, this one Republican woman gets up there and says, oh, I'm sorry, I'm late. As I was getting out of the bed with my boyfriend, uh, he tried to suggest we do something else, but I didn't have time, ha, ha, ha. I don't think that's the appropriate place to be telling this antidote at the Christian prayer breakfast. I wanted to tweet so bad. Now my wife and my kids tell me I say everything I wanna say. I don't. I say a lot of what I wanna say, but I don't go everywhere. If, if, I would love to have one day. 
but it needs to be the last day of my life to just say everything I want to say to whoever I want to say it and just not have no filter. I, I would love to be that guy for one day. Can I have an amen? Like, you know, you're standing there in line and go ahead and be in a hurry. I didn't want to stand in line. I got here early just so I could be broken line by you. Thank you for making my day come true. God bless you. Can I have an amen? I, I want that one time. So anyway, I wanted to tweet so bad. I did. Somebody else did it and they got a bigger platform so the message got out. But I wanted to tweet so bad. I don't think a fornicator should be making light of a loose lifestyle at a Christian prayer breakfast. Evidently, you do not know the values set forth in the Christian prayer breakfast. Why would that woman do that? And God bless her, I'm not trying to be critical of her. She don't know who she is. But we have, what doesn't the Bible say that we can have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof? Those are people who don't know who they are. And that is what Satan wants to do to us in all instances, is drive us out. Who in here knows that most Christians have, I really believe this, if you look in the New Testament, early New Testament, they have what I call a pioneer spirit. They're gonna build something. They're gonna launch forth. They're gonna preach the gospel. We're gonna send missionaries. We're gonna do something big. We're, we're gonna change something. If it ain't right, we'll fix it. We'll start it. That's what Paul did. Paul went around just preached the gospel to people who ain't never heard it before. I actually went to a place, I thought this is always funny to me, to the, to the unknown God. I don't even know if I want to talk to people so dumb. They don't even know what they're worshiping. They call it the unknown God. But Paul went out there and preached this great message. I mean, great message to the unknown, to those people. And I mean, and saw him saved. Saw things change. He, he was a pioneer in it. Had a pioneer spirit, had a building spirit. But you know, as Christians today, sometimes we have what I call an accepting spirit. Or a group spirit. Or a success spirit. I remember growing up in uh, certain camps when I was young, and honestly, if you didn't have a certain level of success, you must not be blessed. Well, who in here knows you might have a certain level of looking success and it's just debt? Like I heard a minister say one time, he said, I don't mind my, he goes, I don't want my tag on my car to say prayed for. I want the tag on my car to say paid for. That way I ain't gotta worry about losing it. Can I have an amen? That guy knows who he is. I had a Christian woman one time, actually a member of our church, years ago, years ago, years ago. And we're talking, and they had a real special kind of car. And they were about to get rid of it, and the husband looked at me, he said, man, he goes, it's been a piece of junk since the day I bought it. He said, it leaks up at the top where the lights are. He said, the engine's always messed up. He says, I, I had to go say to the shop. He goes, it is a piece of junk. He goes, I hate that car. She wanted it. And she's looking at me, and he says, so we're getting rid of it finally. He said, he's like, thank God. She actually looked at me and she goes, this, this is a grown, spirit-filled Christian woman who I would think would have maturity. She goes, I'm gonna miss this car. I said, why, honey? She goes, I just love it when I pull up at a light and everybody looks at me. Well, I like it when y'all like what I like. I love it when my wife likes what I like. Why do I care about people I don't know liking what I like? I don't know them. See, if you don't know who you are, you'll change to anything to get approval, and you will suck up to it. It'll be like a suction cup, because you don't know who you are. Unless you know who you are, you will be anything to anybody else. And it is one of the great stigmas of our day, is that people don't know who they are. I'm just, man, I'm just afraid to say that. I mean, man, I don't know if I should say anything. 
It's permeated politics so bad and culture today. Uh, I don't ask a question. Don't, don't raise your hand. Who in here is willing to get arrested for praying? I mean, I am. I think, you know. Who in here saw the video clip? I put it on Facebook the other day. Saw the video clip of this young kid. He's out there sharing scriptures at a, at a, at a you know, one of the sexual, actually it was a bunch of uh, trans, transgenders uh, dancing in front of kids. And he, uh, he, he was, all he was doing was sharing scripture. Man, they arrested him, treated him like he was a Al Capone. Yanked him out, yanked the mic out of his hand. Then he went to the board and man, he preached a good gospel message to him. I thought, you know, you meet people. I just, in England, they just arrested a guy for praying. Well, man, I can pray silently. Man, that's almost, that's almost just trying to destroy thought. But people will go with it. You know why? They don't know who they are. You got to be willing to stand up. But when you know who you are, man, you are a force to be reckoned with. That's why Paul said, I know how to be abased. I know how to bound. Why? I know what I'm called to do. And I answer to him. I don't answer to you. I've, I've joked with this, you know, I mean, I, I hope everybody likes the way I dress and, you know, what all. And, but when I was growing up, man, I, I grew up preacher coat and tie days. But I was always the young kid preacher. And man, when I was young, real young, I always, I mean, I, I, I was happening. Can I have an amen? I was, I was looking good way before. In fact, when I was 18 years old, I wore suspenders, a fedora, and nobody else did. I wore button-ups, you know, the button-type suspenders. Nobody wore button-on suspenders. I had to sew buttons in myself. And I was proud of it. And I remember my home church. I, I wore a belt with it, too. You know why? Because that's the way John Wayne did. Can I have an amen in some of the movies? And if John Wayne did, I can do it, too. So I remember my pastor stood up. He said, well, he goes, uh, my nickname was Tonto. He said, we're so glad Tonto's here today. Stand up, Tonto. I'm thinking, well, what's this about? He said, he said, evidently, he's concerned that his pants may fall down with the belt and suspenders. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and we had a good relationship. It didn't, it didn't hurt me. I, I loved it. I, mean, I, I enjoyed every moment of it. And I sat down, and someone made a comment, said, well, does that bother No, I didn't bother Why? Because I didn't care. That's what I wanted to wear. Now, I felt a little insecure, but I wore it. Now everybody wears it. But years ago, I was coat and tie, because that's what everybody wanted, you know, to, to, to look older. Well, then one day, Lisa, Sarah, and Molly had an intervention in my life. Can I have an amen? And they're like, you need to quit dressing this way. We do this and that. And I said, fine. I'll, I'll, you know, whatever. But if they don't like it, I got to be honest. That bothers me. If you don't like it, maybe. People I don't know don't like it. I care less. But I know who I am on that level. And I'm trying to make sure I know who I am more than anything on God's level. Amen. Now, David, very quickly, we'll read this verse. And I've got five minutes. First uh, Samuel chapter 16. This is verse 11. Everybody say David. I'm going to use this story for the next couple weeks because it's a common story, very common story. And I know everybody can remember it. So this is the story of David and Goliath. 1 Samuel 16, 1 Samuel 17. That'd be great homework. Everybody needs to read them, those two chapters. Now, 16 is when he is anointed to be king. So the real quick back history is, is Saul is king, and Saul has been anointed to be king, but God has changed his mind and removed that from him. 1611 says, and Samuel said to Jesse, well, let me back up. In chapter 16, verse one says, and now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. 
Fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king amongst his son. So the prophet Samuel knows he's about to go and anoint somebody. He knows exactly whose family he's going to anoint. He gets there just to be real quick, and he goes through all the sons, and it ain't there. Now, now this is a thought. Think of this. Who in here has ever had a parent not approve of you? Some have and some haven't. David's own dad didn't call him to the meeting. If you want to be hurt by a parent, think of this. Prophet says, one of your kids is going to be king, anointed to be king. Call him in here. Everybody but my, David, get over here. Or he didn't even call him. Because we read in verse 11, Samuel says to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, well, there remains the youngest. That means he didn't even care about David. He did not see anything great in David enough to say, get over here. So here's something to let you remember. Don't you ever forget this. Sometimes those closest to you don't see the greatest in you. And we should not ever let that bother us. Jesus himself it says the people that were with him and his own family and brothers and sisters did not even know who he was. Actually questioned who he was in one place, called him crazy and a fanatic and tried to do him physical harm. The people that knew him. In fact, one place that we were in, in Luke, they actually go, is this not Joseph, the carpenter's son? I mean, who do you think you are? Who in here will agree Jesus knew who he was? Very well. He even knew at the age of 12 who he was to some level and extent at least because he said, I must be about my father's business. So he already had an inkling. When it comes to spiritual things, you need to know that you know that you know. And when you know it that well, you won't get shook. I was telling a small group this morning, I had a pastor tell me one time we were talking about spiritual gifts, being baptized in the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And he asked me, he said, this, this is actually what we're discussing about. He says, do you believe speaking in tongues is the initial gift or the initial sign? So that's a big doctrinal dispute between some people. I said, well, I said, I'm not going to argue with anybody on that. I said, to me, the only thing I'd want to argue with is whether or not somebody's born again and get them saved. I said, you know, this to me is not worth. I said, but now I do believe speaking in tongues is the initial sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I said, but... I don't believe that sometimes, you know, I said it comes by faith. I said, I know of people that don't even believe in the gifts of the Spirit that have operated in the gifts of the Spirit. They'll just, you know, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian and say, something told me to come pray for you. Well, that would be a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. They just don't, they don't use those terms. I said, so I said, I think God can manifest however he wants. I said, but in Scripture, Every place I find where they received, it says they immediately spoke with other tongues or they heard them speak with tongues. I said, so according to scripture, yes. He goes, well, I don't believe that. I said, what scripture do you use to base that on? He goes, well, I ain't got one. I said, brother, I said, I'm not saying God can't operate around. I mean, you know, he is God. Can I have an amen? I mean, you know, <laughs> he is, you know, he's the big guy. Can I have an amen? I said, but according to principles, I said, that's scripture. I said, I can't preach anything but scripture. Then if I'm doing that, I'm preaching an I believe message. And I've heard some I believe messages. 
And I don't care to hear I believe messages. I can't stand it when I preach I believe messages. Very rarely I think I do, I try to go out into I believe territory because that ain't Bible, that ain't scripture, that ain't gonna get you through. Well, Pastor Chris believes this. You need to know why you believe this because when you know this, it gives you power and it gives you strength and you can stand up in the midst of storms and you can withstand the evil day and having done all to stand, you stand. Because you gotta know who you are. Because this world will tell you you're somebody else. I still remember this about Sarah Beth. And it's, and it's just the spirit of this world. Sarah Beth, when she was little, Lisa made, made all these outfits. She couldn't buy them back then, you know, the little princess outfits. And she made her a Jasmine outfit. What's that movie? What's that movie? Um, Aladdin. She made her a Jasmine outfit. And it, was, it looked better than what Jasmine had. It was great. Lisa's a great seamstress. She makes that, Sarah Beth would walk out on the steps. We, there were steps. We was living at my dad's house. And we'd have to stand at the bottom of the steps and the door would be closed. And we'd have to go, ladies and gentlemen, presenting Princess Jasmine. And Sarah Beth would come down waving to us and we would be clapping, you know, and she just, and we had to do it over and over and over. By the third time, I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, Princess Jasmine. Okay, we're done, okay. And everybody always told Sarah Beth how cute she was. And she is. She still is, I think. And yet one morning, we're about to go to church. And she's in the, hiding in the closet. I said, I got her. I said, Sarah Beth, what's wrong? She says, I can't go to church. Now, now Sarah Beth could speak very, very well at two. I mean, it was like talking to us, sometimes maybe a six, seven, eight-year-old. The doctor was amazed. I was so prideful. Can I have an Amen. Until Bali came along and we couldn't understand her at all. Until she's like three or four. She sounded Chinese. What she wants, Sarah Beth, French fries. That's okay, that's it. And I looked at Sarah Beth, I said, what's wrong, baby? She's crying. You know, she's got a little quivering lip. She says, if I go to church, people won't like me. Because the way I'm dressed. I said, what's wrong with the way you're dressed? She says, I don't know, daddy. She said, but they might not like me. I tell you, as a a dad, it broke my heart. She is two years old. And she's wondering about being rejected. Guys, that's the spirit. That's not something we taught her. Because again, what are we doing as parents? Ladies and gentlemen, we're giving her, you know, one guy actually told me one time, he goes, I think Sarah Beth could be dropped, she was two and a half, three. He goes, I think she could be dropped off on any street in New York City. And she'll be fine. She'll be fine by herself. She'll she'll make it home somehow. He goes, I'm pretty certain. Sarah Sarah is strong will. Yet she was dealing with that. So as a good dad, I grabbed her and I said, let me tell you something. I said, you are beautiful. I said, in fact, you are the apple of my eye. You can find a scripture in Isaiah that says that you are the apple of his eye. I said, you are beautiful. I said, the Bible says you have been fearfully and wonderfully made. I said, you are beautiful exactly the way you are. I said, don't you ever question that. And I took her and we prayed. And I did. I rebuked that spirit of of rejection that was trying to get into her. Because you need to know who you are. Well, I'm not like so-and-so. Paul said, we'll look at this, that those who compare themselves amongst themselves, you're not wise. I'll close with this. I've never been afraid to preach, speak publicly, never. And I'm nervous every time, but I'm not afraid to it. 
I've, I've even been at events where somebody says, we need to kill 10 minutes. Chris, go do something. I'm like, can I have a little bit of headway here? Just can you come up with something? I'm like, give me a moment. I don't even know how it works. I, honest to God, have no idea. I tried to figure it out one time in a service and almost couldn't preach because I was trying to figure it out. Because my dad had asked me a couple weeks before, he goes, how do you do what you do? I said, daddy, what do you mean? He goes, how do you? He goes, I can't keep my thoughts straight going from, I said, I don't know, daddy. But you put me in this position and I'll be honest, this is my happiest moment of the week. I, in fact, sometimes I say stuff, I know I said one tonight, today, I know I did not plan that. It's not even in my notes and y'all clapped. Like I had a good point, like I had been studying hard. No, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the gift of God, I know that. But you know what I wish I had? I wish I could sing and play. I wish I was a triple threat. Preach, teach, sing. Can I have an amen? Have me a good Hammond B3 over here with those pedals and just, ah, can I have an amen? Yeah, he's a God, can I, you know what I'm saying? I, I would be, I, I, there's sometimes I wouldn't even preach to you. I'd just get you wild and wound up and just run you for a while. Can I have an amen? Just run the church. I just have a, I mean, I love, and, and you hear that, and I don't want to sing like a, this is just me dinner. I don't want to sing like a white guy. I want to sing like uh, Smokey Robinson, Sam Cooke. I, I want me a good R&B sound. I mean, I want that, you know, I, I, and just, and I, I want that screaming, singing voice. Can I have an amen? That ain't me. I hate that. But I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now here's something. If I always look at what I don't have, I never appreciate what I do have. You got to know who you are in Christ. You got to know who God made you. Now I want us to do something as we get ready to close. I want us to pray for Miss Cameron. She leaves in six days for college. Can I have an amen? So Karen, you and her come up here. Amen. And give me give me some um, leaders. And Harold, if you'll come up, and uh, Cindy, if you want to, anybody who wants to come, come right here in the come right here in the middle center. Amen. Don't be, don't be, don't be hesitant. Amen. And um, I, I'm, I'm going to just challenge this. Don't ever be afraid to be who you are. Okay? You are beautiful. And you really are. I knew you when you were an ugly kid. Can I have an <laughs> you were a small, ugly child. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. And I've, I've done that joke with her how many times? For thousands since a year. So. Um, but you are, you're, you're a beautiful kid then. But some adults don't know who they are. So don't make that mistake, okay? And you be you. And don't you ever bend to anybody else. Because you got great things ahead of your life. And God has great things ahead of you. So we're going to walk in that. Can I have an amen? Father, in Jesus' name, we just stretch forth our hands and we lay our hands on our sweet, beautiful Kevin. We thank you, Father, for your goodness being shown to her. That you protect her, you keep her, you strengthen her. That you just um, give her a, a, a shield of angels all around her to, to keep her mind safe, to keep her ears safe, to keep her heart safe. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you that you bless her hands and that everything her hands find to do in you, she does it. That you give her great friends that love you, that love her, support her. That in Jesus' name, no evil plague, no calamity, no anything uh, can come nigh her dwelling. That you give your angels charge over her. And that, Father, your promises of protection are there. And so Mama sleeps well, Amen. knowing, Father, that you do all things well. Hallelujah. 
and that you prepare Cameron to have a great time, to enjoy life. The Father, take it by the, <laughs> take it by the seat and enjoy the ride. In Jesus' name. That this is just a time of blessing and goodness in her life. Of great memories that she'll carry and treasure. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I love you. Amen. Give her a good hand clap. Bunny, 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 bunny. Bunny, bunny. Thank you. All right. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to, we're going to preach on this for a couple weeks, but um, homework. You ought to settle who you are on some things. If you don't, you always get messed up. Pushy people will always push you off who you are. You ever had a pushy person push you off? And I used to think that that only happened when I was a kid. I've actually spent the night when I traveled and didn't come home early because I had a pastor and his wife or somebody who just wouldn't shut up. And what I should have done, knowing who I am, I should have pushed back. But just to make peace, I just said, okay. You know, because it's easier just to make peace and let quit hearing them gripe. But who in here knows when you know who you are? Just say, nope. Going home. Yeah. Going to be with mama. My mama. My, my, my wife. Going to be with my kids. Amen. So look at somebody and say, be who you are. Amen. Turn, give, me some, give me a little bit more light in here. Uh, want to just encourage you, um, during, while we're in here eating, there'll be some announcements. You know, there's midweek and online and uh, for Sunday and um, couple weeks we'll actually start taking offerings up for a <clears throat> fall festival for our big outreach then that's, a, that's always a big outreach and we uh, want to make that sure that's a, a good outreach amen let's just do this are we still streaming amen hey we love you we'll see you next Sunday I am um, uh, j- just to encourage